Hello, thank you for tuning in. Uh, today, I'm Hunter Brin. I'm with the Virginia United Methodist Conference, and I am the digital media specialist, which means that I cover media, photography, videography, uh, music, and with that comes copyright. So that's what we're talking about today. Um, a lot of people have called my office to ask about, hey, can I play this song? What do I need to do? Or, or, or the big one that I get a lot of the times is, I streamed my my worship service and then Facebook told me I was breaking a copyright law and they muted my video. What do I do? So what I want to do is I wanted to bring on a special guest and someone who is knowledgeable about copyright um, to talk just kind of about what their church does. And maybe hopefully you guys can get some tips and tricks. You can learn something or maybe you can even teach us. Um, today, I've got Megan Dietrich. Um, the director of modern worship at Florence UMC up in Northern Virginia. Um, thank you for uh, coming to to talk with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on here. I'm excited. Of course, and uh, just as a um, a cautionary little like tidbit, we are not experts. We're not lawyers. Um, I do have a broadcast degree. I did take some copyright law classes in college and have used that knowledge over the years but I'm not an expert. And um, I, I believe, Megan, you wouldn't say you're an expert either. Definitely not an expert. I've been learning a lot of this as I've gone along and I'm still learning every day, something new that I did not know before. <laughs> yes. So if you hear something on this podcast that you believe is wrong or incorrect, uh, please, please feel free to either call my office, um, which you could find the, the number on our website, vaumc.org, or you can email me at hunterbrent at vaumc.org. Um, but basically, let's just kind of get into it. Uh, you're at Florence UMC, which I believe is the largest church in the Virginia Conference. Um, what kind of copyright licensing do you guys have that you use on like a week-to-week basis? So... That's a great question. When I first came on board at Florist, it was about seven years ago. And at that time, we were only licensed through CCLI. And um, we had their copyright, rehearsal, streaming, and um, song select premium access, all of those things. And I assumed that we were fully covered. However, little did I know, that did not cover everything. And I a few years ago, um, also got us on board with CCS, which is Christian Copyright Solutions for um, their performance and streaming license licenses. Mm-hmm. I think that's been some of the confusing because a lot of people know about CCLI, which I learned not too long ago stands for Christian Copyright Licensing International. It is basically a company slash license that's like specifically for churches. But I just re- like I going into the pandemic didn't realize that CCLI doesn't cover streaming. Like if you're going to live stream your service, it's really just being able to put the lyrics up on the screen, project um, copyrighted stuff. Uh, And I even think there's a little bit in it that lets you kind of alter certain songs. Like if you want to sing Waymaker and you want to like sing the bridge two or three times, or like maybe even change the words, the CCLI will cover that. Yeah, I try to be very careful about changing words mm-hmm. on on things, oh, yeah. but it does cover it, basically anything that has to do with um, the written lyric side of things is covered, even translating into different languages. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize, but if you want to translate part of it into Spanish, then you technically need CCLI licensing for that. Mm-hmm. 
I always found CCLI really interesting because like the way copyright in my opinion works is like, if you use it, then you get hit with like a cease and desist and then they come after you in, in a court of law. Whereas like a lot of the CCLI stuff is like in house. Like, I feel like somewhat like if you were doing it, it's not over the airwaves because that's where the CCSI comes in, which is basically CCLI, but for streaming, correct? Sort of. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the nice thing about CCS is that they are also partnered with like ASCAP and um, some of those more secular licensing companies mm-hmm. to help cover us outside of just the like top CCM music. Um, what I struggled with for CCLI is sometimes, occasionally, a pastor might want us to use something that is not considered Christian music, you know, like a you know, whatever the song is that goes along with their sermon. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing about CCS is it also branches off into that. Um, But also CCLI and the religious exemption really only covers you during a typical worship service. So it doesn't cover you if you're out playing at a youth retreat or a conference or a funeral or whatever those other things are. And that's where CCS really helps cover the rest of your bases Mm -hmm. and so what uh if you have a ccli license and a ccs license what do you have to do do you have like because i know there's a reporting thing where you have to report what songs you're using um is that is that through like their website what's the portal look like for that like how do you report yeah i found that for ccli reporting it's it sounds much scarier than it is um it it sounds very intimidating but they really only ask you to report during certain um like reporting windows so to speak so it's almost like it feels like a lottery pick but that's not it i'm sure they have like a real system to it Um, but basically they'll give you like a four to six month window where they'll say all right it's your turn you're on deck you've got to report for this time and you go on to their website and you type in the name of the song and then you have to mark down like how many services you used it for, how many times you streamed it, how many language translations you did. And I think there's, there's something else, but you start to get into a quick rhythm and you can knock it out pretty quickly, mm-hmm. pretty quickly. I think it's interesting because I've never, as, as someone who's never actually done any of the CCLL license, I've known about it because I grew up in the church mm-hmm. and my mom was in ministry of assistance. So like hearing about CCLL mm-hmm. licensing, I always knew about it, but I never knew you had to report. That's something well, I just learned. Yeah. And you know, it's, and I say, I should, I should back up for a minute. I say it's not too hard because I have record keeping already because I use planning center. So it's easy enough for me to pull up a matrix of like, six to eight weeks at a time and I've got it up there kept. Now, if you're in a smaller church and maybe you're kind of like picking songs that the spirit moves you to, (laughs) to sing that Sunday, which is the church context I grew up in. It might be a little bit harder to go back and remember all of the songs that you've Mm -hmm. used during like that four to six month period. Yeah. So it'd be safe to suggest maybe a tips like for a tips and trick tidbit to like maybe somewhere on a spreadsheet after service, you just, or even before service, Mm -hmm. uh, just put the songs in. Cause I mean, typically a small church, 
or a medium-sized church, even some large churches only do like two services, traditional and, and yep. contemporary. And a lot of times there's only like one or two song differences between the service. So even if you just have a sticky note somewhere, it says on this date, we sang this song. I think that's just yep. the best way to keep yourself safe. And I know there's a lot of times where like the spirit moves you after you've, you've been preaching and like the worship leader just kind of is like, okay, guys, I know that we had this song planned but I want to sing this song instead because this is the way that the spirit's leading me. I think just writing that down somewhere just to have a paper trail is probably the safest thing to do. Definitely. And chances are, if it's that kind of a song moment, then you probably aren't even displaying lyrics, right? You know, if you're just kind of going in the moment, then it's not as important. Um, you could even like keep a stack of bulletins, you know, if, if you print paper bulletins and you put your song titles in there, if you just have a drawer and you're, file cabinet and just stick them in there then that's a another quick way to keep up with oh, the that's songs a really use. smart idea too um so excuse me um why do you think copyright is important like do you have you guys been hit with any kind of copyright issues um why do you think in churches it's so important for us to play by the rules you know i think at a time in the world where the church sometimes does not seem as though it lives into its values, it's very important that we try to honor and do that, you know, and part of that is complying with copyright laws. Um, part of that is giving credit to artists, right? You know, I mean, as musicians, as a musician, I want to honor other creative people who are putting their work out into the world and CCLI reporting helps pay songwriters you know it it actually they calculate how many times it's sort of like spotify streams right um ccli use the uses those numbers to help determine how much royalties to pay out um so i do think it's important that we try to you know live into integrity and give credit where credit is due mm-hmm 100%. That's that's definitely a good answer. I would like um I was just thinking, you know, I think if someone took something of mine and was using it on their own, even if it is a church, I think it would still kind of peeve me a little bit. I think I'd like I created this and I made put so much hard work into it and I like I would think I'd get upset. So I totally understand copyright. Copyright's always been one of those things that like it's always in the back of my head as a video maker and as someone who like is an mm-hmm. AV person for a church, it's like mm-hmm. a constant thing. But the hard part about copyright is there's no black and white. I mean, obviously there's the black and white of like, if you didn't make it, don't use it. But there's a lot of stuff that's like, there's royalty free, there's public domain, there's yeah. fair use. There's um, so many times where I'm like, Oh, like, uh, I want to use this image. And so like one of the things I've been playing with right now is um, I've been using AI imaging, uh, mm. basically artitel- artitel- artificial intelligence to create art. Um, but, you know, I, when I Googled, like when I was trying to figure out how, how copyright works, I wanted to use it for a TikTok for the conference. Um, because it's artificial there's no laws there's no rules about copyright for that interesting but like there's also tons of websites that have like i use um on a normal basis i use a website called pixabay.com they have free royalty free Mm -hmm. images you can use so it's always really Mm -hmm. interesting because then you have stuff like um like i was telling you before uh, i license music all the time 
So I pay basically two or three services and I have a big library of that covers me for copyright. But one of the ones I wanted to use for a song was like a Hillsong song. Oh yeah. And it was, and I was very surprised. I was like, you know, this is really expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was around 300, $400 for a song wow. for one video. And like, you know, I had that thought of, you know, man, these guys are Christian. I'm trying to do Christian stuff. Why can't I just like use it? It's all for the, the good of the church. Um, but like what you're saying is like, you know, I think I was in the wrong for having that thought. Cause like they put in the work, they, it's their art. And I think it's right to give them credit or credit to do. And if that's where they, how they want to do it, that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah. And you know, people are watching us, you know, they're, they're kind of watching the church to see what we're doing. We, you asked a question earlier and I, I kind of missed it when I was answering before about, have we been dinged for anything before? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't so much for music, but we used to have a blog that we kept up for years. And then it just kind of sat on our website and we forgot it existed. And at the time when we created it, um, congregation members would submit writings and they would submit photos that they wanted to use. And this was back when people weren't really thinking about copyright as much. And so there were photos on there that we did not have copyright for. And we received a letter from a blog article that had been written probably 10 years before. And we're told you are, you know, not in compliance with copyright because you used this photo and we had to take it down. And that made us, rethink you know how we collect all media to Mm -hmm. use um i think we also got put in either youtube jail or facebook jail for a minute because it it actually wasn't even for a reason that you would think um that's that's the funny thing about facebook and youtube is they can kind of just like do whatever they want but it was because of the way that someone had named this the service was like a children's preschool christmas service or Mm -hmm. something And YouTube flagged it because it had children being live streamed. And I think they were concerned about child safety. Yeah. YouTube does have have very interesting rules Mm -hmm. and ways to, that they do children's safety and stuff. Mm -hmm. So you just, we have to be mindful of that when we stream through Facebook or YouTube, at the end of the day, they have discretion to make whatever decision they want. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have to be super careful about streaming music through those platforms yeah and that's interesting that you brought up facebook because facebook is is what kind of started me on this path of creating this podcast or conversation and reaching out to you was we had multiple churches call my office and the communications office to say hey um, i think the very first one was we were singing amazing grace and on our live stream and after facebook dinged them and the way facebook dings you for copyright infringement is if they think they don't outright say, Hey, you, you're, you're infringing copyright. You're breaking a law. It is a, we think you have yeah. committed uh, copyright infringement. Here's what your options are. We can either mute your video during the portion of which we think the copyrighted uh, thing is there, or you can basically like override it um, and say, I have permission, uh, which it, it, and that could be a slippery slope. Cause the way I look at it is, is very interesting. Like, um, the way I look at anytime I get that message, I think to myself, do I have a CCSI that, that covers me? Most mm-hmm. likely people should, um, or is it like, 
in public domain and there is just a misinformation that they have that like like i think amazing grace was the one and i was like amazing grace has to be public domain it's <laughs> yeah, been so a long pretty confident for so <laughs> long that like no i can't i can't think of like who i would call to say hey i know you own the rights to amazing grace can i borrow it for this sunday like so but but basically i guess this gentleman called and said hey we got dinged on facebook because of amazing grace and it was like owned by the mormon church and i was like I, I was like i don't believe that's right i was like what i would advise you do is double check like go on google figure out who owns it and if mm-hmm. it is in public domain then you can just kind of override it but if you also have a ccsi license i believe it's covered and you can just override it i think facebook sometimes can get and youtube too um can get really like slap heavy because they want to cover their their butts a little bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they, they want to make sure that you're being in the right but they also i think i think there's a little bit of like a Hey, we, we need to make sure we're not held liable for these copyright infringements because there's been ample amount of times where my videos have been blocked and it's like, uh, no, I paid for this license. I have yep. a PDF version of the license I can send them. And a lot of times that's what I have to do. Yeah. And the, the good thing to, to remember as anyone who works in ministry is it's not forever, you know, like whenever, whenever something like that happens, it can put a little bit of a, a damper on things, but it's not the end of the world and you'll you'll get it back it just takes a minute to go through Mm -hmm. the right channels yeah and like oh i just had a thought and i lost it um no i mean and and then the i guess the the way that i look at it is i have a checklist of things like you know do i have a license that covers it if i don't is there somewhere that i can buy a license and like mm-hmm. one thing that I do sometimes is if I'm I'm pretty notorious for doing this, what I'll do is like if I find someone on YouTube who has sang a version of that song, like um like a cover, like well, mm-hmm. like I, I did this recently. I had um someone was singing, I think it was Waymaker or no Cornerstone. And um I was like, I don't really want to pay the like four hundred dollars to use the Hillsong version. But if I can find someone who has a cover of it, technically it's they own the copyright for their song. So you can reach mm-hmm. out. And as long mm-hmm. as you have written permission somewhere in your email uh, on a napkin from McDonald's, it if you do get hit with a copyright infringement thing, then you're okay. You know, I've had similar um, situations with some... I'm trying to branch out and not just use CCM, like top you know, whatever top 100 music, mm-hmm. um, partially because it's a, a values issue. There are some, some artists out there who maybe I don't want to monetarily support based on mm-hmm. their church's position on some things. And there are some smaller churches that are making great music out there. So I've found that if you email people, you can get permission all the time. Like I've, I've never oh, yeah, been definitely. told no with anyone that I've ever reached out to and said, Hey, I love this song. I can't find you in CCLI, but do I have permission to use this? And every single time they've been like, absolutely. That's awesome. Please share my music. You know, like oh, they're yeah, just definitely. really jazzed to have their music shared. And likewise, I actually had a church reach out to me once for a song that I wrote that was, they found somehow on the internet. They're like, can I use it? I'm like, yeah, that's great. I don't, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome you know 
because i mean if you look at it it's kind of like i'm i'm helping you get exposure too so it mm-hmm. works it's for both it works for both i think another way that you can kind of get around copyright at least for music and i guess images too is finding it royalty free um mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. plenty of youtube videos uh that have royalty free in them there's plenty of online websites so you can find royalty free music um like i was telling you beforehand was i just recently took over the av team for my church and um <laughs> when i first started they were like going on spotify and they were playing like chris tomlin and like basically mm-hmm. they typed like christian hits and they were just playing that as like a like a all right we're waiting for church to start we're w-, but we kept getting hit on facebook for copyright and i Basically, what I did was um, I'm a big video game fan. Uh, there's a company called Riot that makes mm. uh, big video games. But what they do is they create, it's called creator-friendly music. It is unlicensed, um, copyright-free music specifically for people to use. Um, now, it's not it's not Christian music. What is this music. called? I'm going to look it up. <laughs> uh, Riot? I can send it to you. Um, the one I use is called Diana Sessions. And if and I can find the actual uh, sessions, uh, I'm trying to find where it create listen. Yeah, so basically it is creator safe playlist. If you type that in Spotify, it is a video game thing. So um, it's gonna be like lo-fi beats. It's gonna be like just really chill vibe music. But mm. it works really well if it's like people come into the sanctuary and you. And maybe it's yeah. a more modern service. You play that, but it's um. It, they have a whole playlist um it's called riot games creator safe playlist and in, in the thing it says this is a collection of music that is 100 percent owned by riot games and it can be used in streams or, or content creation as long as it follows their legal jibber jabber rules on their website which basically is like um don't be like abusing it don't don't claim it's yours don't don't like try to steal it um but uh, in the show notes for this podcast, I can potentially put uh, the link to their website. Uh, but I will warn Ooh. everyone, it's a video game thing. It's kind of nerdy, <laughs> but I use it all the time. There's, there's like a bunch of different ones. Um, and it's all, in my opinion, it's a lot of like pretty piano music with like some 808 tracks just to kind of like mm-hmm. give it a little bit of a more of a like coffee shop vibe. But the only thing is, if you're using it, don't ask, like, don't, don't use it to like try to make money. <laughs> I was like, that's, now, that's kind of the rule. I love this though, for prelude music. This is something that I mentioned to you just, you know, earlier when we were chatting is prelude music is where we struggled a little bit because in the sanctuary, it's completely fine. We're covered to play a Spotify playlist of whatever, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize at the time that our AV team was actually streaming that through mm-hmm. our live stream which was not okay so i had to make some adjustments we luckily we had some old recordings of us like our own band playing covers yeah. of songs and we were able to switch gears that way but honestly listening to myself singing every day before worship is not my favorite thing so <laughs> i would love to use instrumental lo-fi beats sometimes yeah, I mean, and like, and so this is one thing that I use on a weekly basis. Like, I, I, like, my tech team knows, like, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna play this before the service starts. Um, mainly because, like, 
our worship team during the in-between, they are busy. They, they can't sit there and just play music as like intro for people to come in. But so that's one way. Another way people can get away kind of with copyright is kind of play ball. There's a ton of like services out there um, where you can get really good music. Uh, Some, the ones that I use are music bed and that one's a little bit more expensive. That's the one that has Hillsong. It has, Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of times those are either pay by project or they're pay by a monthly payment. Um, the one mm-hmm. I use the most is music vine. That's the one that I pay month to month for. And that is like unlimited licensing. Um, and you can use it for, uh, videos that you're making there's, uh, or you can use it for, I mean, you can really use it for anything. There's, I mean, there's some rules on their website, but you pay month to month a lot of times, but there's all kinds of, you just type music licensing website and you can find music, um, but I think that's probably the safest way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, obviously there's also the reaching out to the, the, the artist and saying, Hey, can I use it? Um, one thing that I used to be notorious for, and uh, I, I've, I've since stopped is fair use is a, is a thing when it comes to copyright. Basically fair use is how like SNL can get away with like using Starbucks and they can get away with using different stuff because it's technically parody. There's uh, under fair use laws. There's um, different aspects. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember what they are off the top of my head. Um, I know one's parody. One is educational. Um, And there's also something about how much you use um, based on what you're doing. So like last week uh, we did our, our pastor for homecoming did a sermon on um, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. We showed, we showed 10 seconds of that clip. um, Mm -hmm. And if someone came after us for uh, copyright infringement, we would basically claim fair use because you, we only use so much of it and we use it as kind of an educational tool. So there, there is the, some like kind of, footing for different things but i remember probably about a year ago i was trying to do a martin luther king project for uh, mlk day and fun fact um mlk's family owns the rights to the i have a dream speech um and you have to specifically reach out to mlk's family to use that in any sort of project um which is not an easy task to do uh, because they're very busy and they get offers from like ford and like crazy big yeah. commercial companies. So for them to get a church to call and say, Hey, like, can we use this, this, they, it, they never called me back. But uh, I found out, I found out the hard way because basically what I did was I called a, a lawyer and I said, Hey, um, this is what I want to do. Am I covered under fair use? And the advice he gave me was fair use is a defense. Don't use fair use as a, as a like, Oh, well, like I can do it because it's covered under fair use. It's a, if you get hit with copyright infringement, you use it as a defense, not a reason for, mm-hmm. um, which ever since then I've looked at fair use totally different, but fair use for me is where um, copyright gets kind of blurry. Like the lines are blurred because you can get away with some stuff, but there's other stuff that you, you can kind of not get away with. But here, since we've been talking, oh, why is this done? Okay. I pulled up the the four um, things that are covered under fair use. 
It is purpose and character of the use, including whether the use is of a commercial nature or nonprofit educational. Uh, so don't make money off of it. Um, if it's used for uh, educational purposes, non-commercial, it could be fair. So that's that's the that's the colorful kind of like blurred line parts mm-hmm. for our churches. Is like is is us in the eyes of a court is like us singing a song or using sermon imagery that's copyrighted would that be covered under fair use because like for me i would say a sermon's educational but it's like it's that like kind of weird fine line so like there's also the nature of the copyrighted um it it, like and this is whether it's um if if you're using it for a creative thing is it are you changing it anyway is it going to affect the the work in general so like um, like that kind of goes into like changing lyrics for a song, um, right. like translating, uh, it's probably fine, but like that, that's where I would say definitely have a CCLI license, like just mm-hmm. be safer than sorry. Um, the second one is the amount of, of which you would use. Like if we were going to show the entirety of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, that's probably a big no, no, but mm-hmm. like 10 seconds of it isn't going to kill anybody. And it's not really going to change how people look at Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um, sure, so, sure. So that's one of the fair use. And the last one is the, um, does it affect the potential market or value of the copyrighted work? So like if I put out, like if, I, if I'm using copyrighted material and it reflects poorly on an artist, will they lose mm-hmm. some kind of financial gain? Which hopefully sure. none of our churches are doing. I can't, I can't even think of a situation where that would happen, but it says uh, basically whether you could use, co- whether it would cause a substantial harm if it were to become widespread. So I imagine like if like a church used a song and then it went viral on TikTok or Facebook or something and it made the artist feel like they've been wronged. Yeah. That, that's where like fair use wouldn't be covered. Um, so it's, my biggest suggestion is there's fair use. It's really confusing. Just stick with licensing and trying to get written permission if you don't have the licensing or buying a license. Yeah. And the nice thing I've found with the um, both CCLR and CCS is they have options based on your church size. You know, mm-hmm. so someone with a church congregation of 100 is not going to pay the same amount as someone with a thousand members, which makes it makes it more affordable for people. And most of the people I've talked to in these companies are fairly personable as well. So I've found that sometimes I'll just hop on the phone with somebody and they can help me understand things a little bit better. CCS even has like a whole page just for education around copyright, which is really helpful. Yes. And and I would suggest um, if you have questions about copyright, you're more than welcome to call my office. You're more than welcome. I would probably, if I don't know the answer, I would probably do the same thing I'm about to tell you to do is go to the CCLI licensing website, the CCS, because they have a whole page dedicated to resources. I think when I first found out about CCS licensing, I read through, I think there's like nine different PDFs Mm -hmm. um, and they're, it's all free. It's all like for your use. So I would definitely, if you have questions, check out that um, thing, but just to kind of wrap up, um, do you think there's anything we missed? about copyright i mean i know there's a lot copyright a large monster um, but is there anything in your church or in like a, a smaller church or medium-sized church do you think people should know i would say 
you know, it can feel daunting, especially if you're, if you're just doing this part-time or, you know, most people that are doing this kind of work also have like multiple jobs in the air and families and all of that. And it can feel overwhelming, you know, start small and reach out for help. You know, you don't have to do it alone. Reach out for help either with you or with, with one of these companies, Mm -hmm. maybe someone in their congregation is a lawyer, you know, you never know who, who in your circle can be helpful, but um, just know it's, it's not as scary as it feels. And it's not quite as daunting as it feels when you're first starting out. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I would kind of add on to that. Like it is scary at times, but at the same time, a lot of churches, people understand that we're not lawyers. Mm -hmm. They understand that we don't like if, if a small church decides to sing a song, they get hit with a copyright. I cannot imagine Hillsong. I, I feel so bad for, for like bashing Hillsong. There's nothing against, I have nothing against them. They're just the first <laughs> big name I could think of. Like, I can't imagine if you decide to sing a Hillsong song in your, in your, your service, the Hillsong is going to call you up and demand to take you to court. That's, yeah. that's, that's the positive side that I hope to see. Um, but I guess the, the reason I want to do this is just to make people aware of copyright, but also mm-hmm. just, be safe. Use your brain. Um, if you didn't create it, try not to use it unless you have permission or you, you have a licensing to cover yourself. Um, but that being said, again, we're not experts. We're not lawyers. Definitely uh, this, is, not. this is all through years of experience of learning. Um, and then again, I'm still relatively young. At least I like to think I am. And so I still have more learning to do. So if you know more about copyright, and you think that you have something to add to this conversation, feel free to email me or call me. Um, we did just recently, the communications department here at the conference, we just put out a blog post about copyright, like just a very general blog post that also covers the four, um, the four fair use stuff um, that, that we really didn't, we kind of touched on, but I will say I did copy the fair use stuff word for word from copyright.gov in that blog post. So that is the laws on that blog post. So if you have a question and you want to learn about it, I would check that. It's in the digital hub on our website at vaumc.org. But then again, Megan, thank you so much. Um, I know when I called you and was like, hey, come talk to me about copyright. (laughs) I know that's like not the most juiciest topic to talk about. And at the same time, it's so not black and white that it's really confusing sometimes. So I really appreciate you coming on and uh, and helping us share your knowledge. Yeah, thank you for having me on here. And uh, thank you to you and the conference office for doing this. I think it's really helpful um, to have you covering this, this topic and conversation for anyone who is trying to figure it out. Yeah, definitely. Again, check out CCLI's website. They have a ton of really good resources. CCS's website as well. Um, I'm sure if you Google church copyright, You'll find all kinds of articles, but also we have a blog post on vaumc.org. And if you have any other specific questions, feel free to call my office. Um, you can find that number on the vaumc website, um, and you could, or you can email me at hunterbrent at vaumc.org. And we hope everyone has a blessed day. Mm-hmm.